Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. In today's episode, ooh, we got a pod for you. One, I finally brought on a co-host, which we'll get to in a little bit, so that'll be fun. Number two, we're in Delhi, so this has been crazy. It's just been a lot, a lot to take in, a lot on inspiration and ideas about Delhi. And then I also want to talk to you about just some things, kind of wrapping up my story, what that was about, and how I feel headed into this Buddhist retreat next week. I think it's less than a week now, which is crazy. So I'm going in for a 10-day Buddhist retreat. Excited, a little nervous. We're going to get to that. But first, before we get to Delhi, all of that craziness, I want to talk to you about wrapping up some things in my store that we did the very last week. This podcast is not going to make a ton of sense if you are just listening, which we'll get to a little later. So just a heads up, if you are listening, you want to tune in, I'll put the video on the description because it's going to be a little bit all over the place. But if you've tuned into Kia's podcast, you know that's how we get it. That's how we get down around here. So let's jump into the good stuff. Currently in Delhi, been here for approximately four days. And it's been a lot. It's been absolute madness, but I feel like I've been able to handle it a lot better coming from Mysore. I feel like I finally got my training wheels. I spent a month and some change, about five weeks in Mysore. And it, it it's I'm starting to finally settle into my India vibes. Wrapping up Mysore, though, at that month looking back on it, made very few friends. I spent most of my time writing and rehabbing my knee and eating curry, which was fantastic. Super productive month. I'm still gunning for this. My kind of sole vision for this year is to apply for an MFA program to a fully funded MFA program and just see if I can get in. So I'm just trying to like write and hone my writing skills, read as much, write as much as possible. I've been writing a lot of nonfiction. I'm in this humor class right now. I'm taking a humor workshop, an online humor workshop. I really like that kind of David Sadat, style. David Sedaris kind of like short story style. And so I'm kind of honing my chops in that. I'm, they're terrible, but I would love to be able to write really good short stories and kind of that style. And then number two is the poetry. Uh, learning about different forms and meter and just poetry in general and reading a lot of poetry. I've never really read that much poetry before, but I've always loved poetry if I think about it in terms of writing lyrics. I've been a poet for a long time, but this is kind of changing the the angle of the poetry. And so now I'm putting it together with the photos and the videos. And so I've been releasing those, uh, creating these poems, recording them. It's still cool. I still kind of have this, that musical piece to it where I put them to music and can mix them. So I have the engineering and, and, you know, add different fun things to them. But then I put them to visuals because I know it's hard to say, here, read my poetry. It's just so few people read poetry. But if I pair them to photos and videos, I think there's something about, I've talked about this before, how poetry and, and video photo, I feel like there's the kind of like sister arts that they just feel like they work well together. And so it's it's nice because having the photos kicks my ass to then want to write poems. So I have to, that to pair with them and then wanting to write poems, right? It, it forces me to go out and take photos. So they kind of work together in this regard. I don't really know what I'm doing. Welcome to my life. But those have definitely helped me create i'm trying to release one a week and so that's been really fun and it also forces me to go out and shoot helping me step up the visuals and it 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 gives me a reason with with a little pressure you know i don't feel like i you guys are expecting me to be like martin scorsese or like some crazy movies they're just like oh cool and i'll be able to kind of see my photos develop and and the poetry as well 
So I've been really focused on that, out a lot shooting, blah, blah, blah. In my store, a couple of things I wanted to touch on that last week that I thought were really interesting. I, I have a video dropping soon on my, my last week there, writing. I wrote a little piece to that, and it was kind of my, you know, uh, there's a lot about a, a lot about India that I'm still working through, and I've been journaling a lot, and I've been writing a lot about that is, it's equally parts, you know, both heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. And I think coming in as a white guy, foreigner, it's this real interesting kind of line where I want to, I, I don't want to come in and pity these people because this is just life out here, right? It's not like, it's not like I'm like, oh, but just because I know of what other type of life exists, like in the States or in other places, like really countries that have, that are just doing really well in terms of financially and supporting the people in that regard. It's hard for me to to not want that for for people here, but like you know, talking to folks, a lot of times people are like, "Yeah, what are you talking about?" Like, that's just India. This is what we do. If you don't know anything different, it's that's just what it is. And so that that for me, I think I I try not to come in with that. It's hard, but I try not to come in with that lens because I often I feel that same way about like missionaries. Like I'm like people come in and like you need to convert to my religion because I know best for what's best for you. Where I'm, I'm trying not to feel that way about my time here. Just to be like, I'm in India. Let me absorb that culture. Let me absorb, you know, and and be influenced by y'all, and not try to to think about what's best for you. But it's hard for me to turn off that kind of Western perspective of you know seeing these kids, these little boys, like barefoot in the street, like kicking around like a deflated soccer ball, and it's dusty, and there's like, it's just it's hard, dude. Like life is just hard out here and it's just so many people and I've talked about this before, but I'm still kind of working through my, how I feel, how I feel about it and my, my own place in it, you know, in terms of, um, just the amount of privilege. And I think I, that's been something that's been really fascinating for me to kind of unpack again, this like being born just in the States period is like you just get such a leg up on life, you know, and just because it's life is hard out here, man. Like um, these people don't fuck around, and it's it's also these these small moments that are so beautiful, and there's so much humanity in them, and and people banded together. But but there it is also there's a documentary that came out recently that I've been working my way through. It's called All That Breathes, and it's about Delhi. Actually, it's about this wildlife refuge center. It's actually two brothers, and they pretty much. They get, uh, there's this certain type of bird out here. It's called a kite. It's really cool. And I noticed them before I even saw the film, but they, they just glide. They like, don't even really like flap their wings that much. You'll just see them. They just glide. There's tons of them. They just kind of glide around in the sky. They're beautiful. I took some shots for my videos, not even realized that the, vi- that the documentary is all about them. But because the pollution is so bad in Delhi, they, they're starting to just fall out of the sky and, or they'll, they get these really weird birth defects because the air, the air quality is so poor out here and it's beautifully shot. Highly recommend if you haven't seen it. It's super cool. I actually reached out to the guys because I wanted to see if I could go out there and just go meet them and take some photos and stuff. They haven't gotten back to me, but no big deal. Anyways, amazing doc. My point is life is real out here. It's, it's hard and that is something that I'm still trying to figure out my peace and place in and being out here at the same time being very grateful and being very accepting and and 
just and taking it also for for the beautiful pieces, right? I don't want to come out here and paint a, a picture that that it's all bad. I think that's part of it too. I just happen to be Kia, so I I think I'm just sensitive to these sorts of things in general. I'm just a sensitive dude, and so I happen to notice these things more, but also really trying to take into account the the beautiful pieces too. I told us before that you know a family lived across me in Mysore. You know their big Rottweiler. Wet Paul Wednesday, baby. Shout out Wet Paul Wednesday. And they'd clean his paws and like clean his eyes. And he's just like the most well-groomed dog I've ever seen. And then also people. And even two days ago, there's a guy out here. He He's one of the guys he runs a little street cart. He runs a little fruit cart. And I'd seen him every pretty much every day because I go by there when I'm going to the gym and coming back. He's there all day, right? These guys just pretty much sleep out there during their, you know, while they're working. They're not sleeping while they're working, but they pretty much eat and sleep out there because they're just out there all the time. And they have these little like tarps and stuff and like a little shack that they rig up and then sell and then sleep in the shack but um this one fruit vendor guy i'd been buying fruits from him and i went i tried to buy watermelon but i didn't have enough money i thought i brought enough when i when i went and i didn't and so that's happened to me right i've been abroad for five years often i just have the money the person says no problem like when you have the money go back and buy it it's the first time i think that I can remember, at least in vivid memory, when he just loaned me the watermelon. Like, I've never taken produce on layaway before. I was like, does this does this like come with a credit line? Is there interest? Do I have to like pay? Can I put put a down payment on this? Like, what's my turnaround time? Like, it was just really interesting. I'd never just on on good credit, you know, on head nods and fist bumps. I'd never been just loaned a fruit before, you know, on good faith that I'd come back. And that was just such a beautiful moment that this guy trusted me with his full watermelon that uh, that I was able to, to go back and, and eat, you know, this delicious fruit and I had only paid for half of it. And of course, I tipped him, you know, on our back. I said, thank you for loaning me, you know, this produce. I've never, um, I've never, I've always had good credit, but I've never been able to, you know, take out a full fruit all at once before like that from a, you know, from a vendor or any sort of organization. And so... That was just really cool, and that was really beautiful. That that there was just those little moments. It just meant the, it made my day. Honestly, like I'm still talking about it now. And on the flip side, talking about the dark side of humanity, how fucked up is this? So this man's out here loaning me produce. When I was in Mysore, my last few days, there was a girl that came by, and she she said that she she had this paper that she like rolled out, and she's like, hey, I'm, I'm fundraising for our local YMCA. And she, she was, I think she was deaf and mute. She didn't say anything. She kind of tried to sign some things, but she, she handed me this paper. And it's like, hey, I'm fundraising for the local YMCA. I'm deaf and mute. There's a program that they want to support here. And we would love, you know, whatever money you can give. And there was a list of all these people that had donated, like recently, like they'd written in hand at how much they donated. And so I was like, of course, this is really cool. At first, because I'm on high alert for this type of stuff, just because, you know, being scams and stuff, I'm always like, hmm, I was like, am I, and I was like, no, nah. I was like, this is definitely legit. And of course I want to give to that. So I, I went, I didn't have a ton of money, but I gave her as much money as I could. Like it's the biggest bill that they have out here. It's 500 rupees. And I was like, I was like, take that. She was super grateful. And it was really nice. I was like, okay, that, that felt good. Like it was nice to give to her. Because I don't know, I'm either getting ripped off or I'm supporting the local YMCA. Either way, uh, it's right. I, I heard this thing. It's not about like 
what they do with the money. Is it just like just you, the act of giving to them? I don't love to give to beggars a lot. I'll be honest, because a lot of times I just don't feel like they actually put the money towards something. <laughs> Although I was, saying, I was just saying, I'm just going against my own point. But for real, what I will do, and I'll do this often, I'll do this actually for my big brother, is I'll offer them food. I'll say, hey, you're hungry, you're starving, whatever. Can I buy you some food? And a lot of times I go, no. And I'm like, okay, well, then you aren't that hungry if you don't want food. A lot of times I think, though, you know, people get hustled. And I think I actually was listening to a study recently that if you just set out like on a corner, it was a black guy rad dude. He was, uh, he was like this big hedge fund manager, manager, but he had gone through a, um, it was like this, this exercise or something of what to do with when you have no money. And he, he said that he went out there and he was panhandling. And after, I think he had to do it for a few days. It was like, you have to go out and like make your way for a weekend or something, but you go out there with this no money, no credit cards or anything. You just have to like make your way for a weekend. And he said he calculated he'd make like 54 grand. I think like if he had just panhandled every day, which I thought was pretty interesting. That's neither here nor there. The fucked up about this whole thing is my whole point before going on that tangent is I like to give, I want to give, especially if it's something that I believe in. Here's how crazy this is though. Because I've been on the road for five years, I'm hyper aware of being taken advantage of. I think you can come at life with two different perspectives. You can either come at it, you'll meet these type of travelers. They're kind of cut off from everybody. They don't want to get taken advantage of at all. And they're like, everybody's trying that you know, maybe out to get you, you know, these people and they're good. They're, they're always safe, never taken advantage of. There are other folks. I think I fall into this category. You meet these folks too, that are kind of like, you trust the universe a little more hippy dippy and you'll get taken advantage of from time to time. If you roll with this, just because you're a little bit more open to those experiences. That said, when you are in a place, it doesn't have to be long. It happens very quickly, quicker than you might think you adjust to their currency. And so now I'm on rupee, I'm on rupees. And so I think in rupees. And so when I think about a taxi ride, an hour long taxi ride in a tuk-tuk or in a, in a rickshaw that I had the other day, it was like 180 rupees. So, you know, that's for an hour taxi ride, mind you. That's maybe $2, $2.50. And, but I, you get so used to, to using the money, the local currency, that you start to, to negotiate things in the local currency. When I start talking with taxi drivers, right, I'm, I end up losing fact sometimes of the fact that it's a dollar. And so if I'm using Uber or something, one of the nice things is being in other countries, being from the U.S., having a strong currency there, for Lord knows how long, is I'll tip 100 rupees. Like no matter how far the distance, I'm like, I'm tipping a hundred rupees. It's like a dollar. I'm like, no matter what, I'm tipping the max that Uber lets me tip, I'm tipping it. Unfortunately, when people ask me for money, it can get a little dicey. And so I've given to this girl before, right? And then maybe a few days later, another girl shows up with the sheet. I'm, I'm, you know, deaf and uh, mute. I'm raising money for the YMCA. And I don't know why, but I tried to explain to this girl that I'd already given to, the, to her cause, to a different person. Now, in retrospect, this seems ridiculous because if I think about just valuing time, if I wanted to save money and think about my time, like hourly, it would have been much quicker just to give her more money and just be like, here, take some money, please, thank you. I'll give more to this because you asked me again. Instead... My shiesty ass 
takes, I don't know how long, explaining with this girl, negotiating with a deaf and mute girl, mind you, white American man, negotiating with a, with a very, it's like, if you, if imagine the Girl Scouts came and wanted like to, like with Girl Scout cookies and you're like, no, I don't like the Thin Mints because I only eat the peanut butter one. You know, it's like cute girl, cute, you know, like, I don't know. She's, I'm like, why am I? trying to why am i feel like i'm being taken advantage of here you know girl scouts definitely take advantage of, like because they're like oh we'll just put out these cute little girls and then it's like of course you want to give to kids but i'm like why am i why what part of this interaction i got that clenched up like i'm being taken advantage of feeling and so i negotiate with this girl and I'm, i tell her i'm like i already gave to the other like the other girl and i'm like it wasn't until she let and she the way she looked at me she like like I just broke her heart and she's like you're not gonna give me a dollar bitch and I didn't in my mind because I'd given 500 last time I felt like I had to give 500 again when I could have just given her like a hundred rupees like any amount of money would have been fine instead of trying to tell her I'd already given as I won't belabor the point but as soon as she left I knew in my chest that I'd made a mistake. It was like, I got clenched up like that thing when you feel like you're being taken advantage of. I got defensive. I negotiated with her. I was like, no, I already gave. I motioned enough that I was like, no, I gave already and she got it. And then she was like, more? And I was like, no. And I, as soon as she left, it took less than a minute. I had the physical reaction that was like, you've made a mistake. That's the good news. The good news is, is that I, I, I feel like I'm living in alignment enough these days that I can tell when I'm fucking up. Like I knew before with the, with the, with the, when I got off track with the whole sex thing, like that whole, we don't have to dive into that here, but like, you know, in your heart, a heart's kind of when you're fucking up when I, I, I prefer when you, when you're not living in alignment, cause that's my like new age way of describing it that I feel, think feels right. I feel like when I'm living to my best self, my best potential, I can feel it. I know when I'm tipping well, I know when I'm, when I'm giving, when I'm living in how the superhero version of myself would want me to live. And that's like my heuristic. If I was a superhero, what actions would I want Kia to take? And that helps me kind of like stay in my path. Like superhero version, I think of like a superhero version of me from the future looking onto this version and being like, Kia, make your decisions based on superhero version of you, not on like miserly shiesty version of you but everybody fucks up so anyways i feel this and i'm like ah i've been working on my meditation right i've been working on like feeling things trying to like work through the emotions i'm like oh this is actually a good sign that i'm feeling this kind of guilt in here because that means that i have been living in alignment knowing this is a feeling saying okay you kind of you kind of messed up like using this as a signal for for the next time you know and then I'm eating lunch or something, and I see her walking down the road through the window. I'm eating lunch at, at my kitchen counter, and I see her walking through the window. And I'm like, here's my chance for redemption. I'm still like eating almonds or something. I just run over. I put my shoes on. I, I'm topless because when am I not? And I put a little jacket on. I don't even tie my shoes. I stuff some money in my pocket. She's walking down the road. I see her kind of like looking into like different houses. I'm like... Kia, you can still make this right, bro. Step on it. 
I've been rehabbing my knee. If there's any time to put this bitch to use, see if the cartilage is any better. It's now. It's time to sprint. Boom. I head out. Boom. Like I'm Tom Cruise, you know, in any Tom Cruise movie. I'm sprinting. The camera's, you know, shaky handheld footage because I'm sprinting so fast. And then I finally, she, she, she opens a gate. I'm like, oh, she's about to go in asking another person for money. And I get there. I'm like, oh, well, she's deaf and mute, so she didn't hear me coming. So I put my hand on her shoulder. And I'm like, I'm like, hey. And I put my hand on her shoulder. I get there, and she turns around. Different girl. Wasn't the deaf and mute girl. I just scared the shit out of some very poor, different Indian girl who was heading into her house after coming home from school. She was not going in there to ask these people for money. She was entering her home. And I accosted her. So that's... Two Indian girls who I have now been a terrible American ambassador towards in the same day, in a matter of hours. I don't speak Canada, so try explaining that with no phone. I'll give you a second. How do you say, I'm sorry, I thought you were the deaf and mute girl from before that came to my door, but since I'd already given $5 to your cause, I rejected your friend for another $5. And so I thought you were her. I was trying to make up for my sins in the past. I apologize for costing you outside of your own home. Say that in Canada. I couldn't. I, that's one of those moments when life just humbles you a little bit. Yep. You just say, okay, life, I'm going to take that L. It's a, it, God just reached out and he said, Kia, take this L. Boom. And I took it. I said, I'm so sorry. I just put up the, the I'm so sorry hands. And just slowly backed away and then walked back and pretended like nobody saw this American white man come down and um, attack this innocent Indian girl. So that was my last week of my sore. But um, the good news is that we ended up making it to Delhi in one piece. And since I've been out here, it's been, there's something really fascinating I want to talk to you about. And that is maybe this podcast is running a little long already at 22 minutes, but pretty much the point is, and this is something we'll talk about later. So I want to dive into, I want to get to, I want to bring on my co-host and, um, it, it's just been, she's been waiting patiently this whole time in the other room. And that's about my camera. And that I feel like I've been able, when I have my camera and I'm taking photos, I feel like I'm able to handle the situation better because I'm like a step removed, like my photographer brain is turned on. And so I'm able to just like wander around, like, because also I feel really safe out here. Fortunately, as a white man, and also I think India is pretty safe in general. There's, I can just wander, no Google maps, no nothing. I just walk. And if it feels right, my intuition's like, go here, I go there. And so I ended up in this like crazy market, like, like tiny side streets, like you enter into a doorway and it's like fucking Narnia out there. And it's just like this different world. And you're out there and I have this in my camera and like these are things that I would normally not be able to handle just because it's like so intense but it's like I can't even describe it to you as crazy intense because I have the camera I'm able to kind of like go into like photo mode and it's cool when people come up and ask for their portraits so I'm taking portraits of people I'm I'm just able to capture these moments and when I'm one step removed like in photographer mode I'm able to kind of just like maneuver better excuse me and so it's been a really beautiful thing Yesterday was holy, the, the festival of all the colors and stuff. And so that was something I actually wanted to, because my I, I want to talk to my co-host with about that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get her. I'm going to bring her over and we're, we're going to chop it up. There's There are certain things I wanted to talk about 
that I felt like would be better with a co-host for this episode. And so I'm going to go snag her and then uh, we'll jump into it and we'll jump into some some feisty feisty and spicy materials and uh, and wrap this up from there. So thank you for that part. I'm going to go snag my co-host. So we're back. She was being shy. I tried. I told her, you are, you're down now. Wow. Okay. All right. Let me get her. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first ever show that I'm doing with my partner in crime. I finally got a co-host. Sorry, Stevie. I didn't mean to, uh, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep my hands on myself. We've been living together actually for how, two, three four, three, four days now, which is kind of crazy. We met on the night before Holy, two nights before Holy, actually, correct? Two, yeah, two nights before Holy. And I joke with her because we met on the street, but it was, just, it was just something that it felt like it was just the vibe was right, you know, and I figured how long, how many times are you going to be in Delhi, right? And so I wanted to have a little bit of company because I was out here. I figured, you know, I was in Mysore alone the whole time. It'd be cool to have, you know, just somebody to kick it with for a bit. And so we met. I was just walking home. I saw her on the street. She doesn't like, yeah, she doesn't like it when I say that, but we did. We met on the street. It is what it is. Um, and then we've just been hanging out ever since then. And so there's some things that I wanted to talk about that I felt like would be better with a co-host, but there are, there are things that can be, there can be a little bit, um, how would you describe it? Yeah, like maybe like a uh, little touchy, touchy subjects. And especially because Stevie identifies as her, she, you know, those are her pronouns. Yeah, those are, yeah, those are her pronouns. I figured it'd be best to have a woman as part of this conversation because this is a conversation that I wanted to have a co-host for just because it's hard to have as a single straight white guy. But these are things that I've been thinking about. And so I said, you know what? We've been, she's been staying here. How long have we been staying over? Like every night since we met, I think. It's one of those where, you know, we kind of, it just kind of happened pretty quick. And it was like, you know, right place, right time. And because I feel like when it's a shorter thing, for some reason, I'm able to just give more myself, you know, because, you know, when there's an expiration date on it, when you know you're leaving, for some reason, I just feel like I can, I'm, just, I'm able to open up more. You know, and she understood that. I was really upfront. I said, hey, Steve, I'm only here for the week. And she got it. And so we spent all of Holy together, you know, yesterday, um, the Festival of Colors and stuff. And so people throw, you walk through the streets and like these guys will come up and like throw balloons, water balloons at you. Or if you walk through like little alleyways and stuff, people will, will be up above and throw water balloons from above down at you. And so you kind of have to dodge balloons. It felt kind of like post-apocalyptic. I don't, I hope that's not offensive, but uh, you know, it's like, you're like always on the move. You're kind of, all these people like, you know, they're, they're, they're like, have all these crazy colors and they'll just drive by and yell stuff at you and throw water balloons and, or shoot you with squirt guns. I felt like I was in, uh, that, you know, the last, the book of Eli or whatever that was, you know, when you're like the last survivor out there, um, trying, I was trying to take photos. It went terribly, but it was cool. And so it was cool to kind of have that time just to hang out. She kind of took me on a tour, showed me a little bit around Delhi and the neighborhood and stuff. But what I wanted to talk to you guys about and finally have a co-host for, because I feel like this was, this is going to be, you know, a bit touchy and see, you know, like I said, you don't, you know, we can cut this so you don't have to say anything you don't want to say. Like I can, I'd rather you just say everything and then we can always cut it. 
you know, I can cut it in post. So if you, if there's anything that you say that you're not comfortable with, don't worry about it. I'd rather, I'd rather you, you just say everything that you want. And then if there, if I'll show you, I'll give you final edit. If there's something you don't want, we can cut it at the end. Cool. Yeah. You know, like we talked about. So don't sweat it. Um, it's no pressure. I told her, you know, my audience is super cool. It's not like I get a zillion views on this stuff. So, but what I wanted to talk about, what I wanted to have a co-host for was when I was driving from the airport, driving to the airport when I was in Bangalore, I took a train from my sort of Bangalore and then that flight to Delhi. When I have downtime, I work through in my mind really important political issues and social issues, economic issues, and things like what cultures have the most beautiful women. And, you know, that's, I just think those are important issues to work, uh, right? You know, as soon as I kind of fig, like figure and kind of think about like global warming, it, you know, it's, I feel like it's kind of like a close second, maybe even edges out like, you know, economic crisis. And so those are things that I just, I like to spend time thinking about. Because I, I think that they deserve it. They deserve the time to really kind of parse through these things. And so that's something that I want to talk about and just wanted a woman's perspective on. And so when I was thinking about it, especially being here in India, it's been really fascinating because, you know, other than kind of us spending some time together here in Delhi, in Mysore, I was alone the whole time. And that that part of my brain that, that, that wants women's company and Stevie's cool, you know, she's open. We've talked about all this kind of stuff before, um, but she's poly and vegan, you know, she, uh, she knows who she is. And so thinking about this stuff before though, I realized that because the, the culture is so conservative and Stevie, correct me if I'm wrong on any of these things. Like I don't want to overstep my boundaries here, but it, feel, it feels very conservative to me, right? Like, and that there's a lot of, because uh, there's still a lot of arranged marriage and there's still a lot of people who don't even date or have sex before marriage, those sorts of things that you, it, it, you feel in the culture, right? It's, it's present. So I don't even really see, um, my radar isn't even on like that. You know, uh, we just had, this is just by chance, you know, we bumped into each other. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not even looking for ladies, you know, out here. I don't even approach women to talk to women like that. It's because there's something about it that feels oddly abrasive. But here's the, here's the, here's the kicker. When I was thinking about it, if you go, if I was, I was, I was working through this as, as you know, uh, an intellectual, a deep intellectual philosophical concept, if you go pound for pound, and I don't mean that in terms of weight class, but I mean like greatest of all time. But we're using combat sports just so if you put everybody on the kind of level playing field, I would argue that Indian women, you go, you know, no weight classes, just pound for pound. I'd say Indian women, you put the most attractive Indian woman up there with whatever you pick your country, whatever it is that you find an attractive woman. I say that they, I say they can, I say they are up there with like some of the most beautiful women. I think there's a piece of the, 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 the culture and the clothing that's just like super regal, right? It's like the saudis and the, the, just the, the decadence of 
the clothing that I think is super cool. And it just feels really, it feels beautiful to me that I, I find myself often just taken with the beauty of the, and the men too, the people here in general. But I think there is something about oftentimes this, this, the way that Latinas have been sexualized. And I think a lot of Asian women too, but I think Latinas in particular kind of get this like hypersexualization, especially Brazilians and I, you know, Colombians, which, you know, it's, which is, I understand because those women are beautiful from those countries, but there, there's something I, I also think about Indian culture, clothing style in particular that is right. I don't, this is coming from, yeah, I don't know. But to me, I think is really, to me, I've been, I've, I've been in awe sometimes of how absolutely gorgeous both you know the men and the women are but i that was something i just thought was interesting thinking about like um i hate to do like those top like oh who are the most beautiful people whatever but just thinking about experiences in uh in overall context i was like i've just been really taken aback by it which i thought was cool and in terms of the men in terms of the beauty of the men they 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 have such beautiful hair i'm i'm blown away a lot of Latin countries too, like I know, um, I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but there's something about men in other countries often that the men just have amazing hair. Like the guys here, the beards are just huge beards, super cool, like swishy hair. And I'm like, every guy is like, I feel like I'm like, are you a model? Like just, just beautiful, beautiful hair that I realized as a white guy, we kind of got shafted in that department. But what are you going to do? You take what you can get. So I don't know, Stevie, should we wrap it? I feel like this, this podcast is going on long enough. I didn't mean to fuck your hat up. We went out, we bought some hats the other day. Um, and, uh, Stevie picked this one out. She liked Puma and Sonic. It was cool. She said she liked, well, I won't speak for you, but, um, you know, she, she like growing, you know, grew up playing video games and stuff. So I just thought it was fitting. But anyways, I know, you know, she's a little shy It because I'm taking off, you know, I'll, I'll probably be doing the next pod solo. I figured it would be fun to finally bring on someone to be a good co-host, chop it up, have somebody, you know, I could just bounce ideas off for, for the show. So I hope that that was helpful. If you guys want, you know, Stevie on another podcast, maybe I can come back someday and we could chop it up or we could do something through Zoom or Skype. So let me know if you want. I know that I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you much for y'all for tuning in. As always, I appreciate y'all and I'll check you on the next one. Peace.